1: Toyota. Let's go places.
0: Hey, everyone. It's me, Josh. And this week for SYSK Selects, I've picked, why isn't the U.S. on the metric system? The big spoiler is this. It kind of is. So check it out.
1: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
0: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and there's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. And uh, since we're together, and there's some microphones present, and Jerry's in the other room, this is stuff you should know.
1: That's right. Yeah. Our musty, dusty little hole. I'm glad to be back in this room, actually. Yeah, me too. Because we did these in another room for a little while. Again, just moving us around. Yeah, like we are like
0: we don't have a process or something.
1: Yeah, they, what they do is they tie a... Uh, yarn around one of the microphones, and they just sort of drag it through the building, and we just chase after it like a little dumb puppy. Yeah. It works with dollar bills, too. <laughs> yeah, dollar bills and microphones.
0: Uh, so you doing okay?
1: I am sleepy. Well, that's good, because... Uh, we'll see what happens this here. This one might put you all the way to sleep. <laughs> I was up all night.
0: Um, yeah, this is going to be fun. Are you hallucinating at all?
1: Uh, I'm a little funky, so... Cool. Yeah, this should be good. Numbers. This is history, though, really. Yes, it is. More than math.
0: History, culture... Mm-hmm. Anger.
1: Yeah, Napoleon, for God's sakes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we're talking about the metric system. Hey. a hey. hey. That makes sense to say that. Um, Chuck, we've got like this kind of uh, meme that's run through our um, podcast uh-huh. where we kind of make fun of the metric system. and But we also go to the trouble of calling out the metric equivalents of whatever we're talking about with feet, usually. Yeah, like sometimes.
1: Miles. We're sort of at a Like, if we feel like doing it, we'll do it. Yes, but we've done it enough so it's become
0: sure. a thing. Yeah. Right? The metric system and us has become a thing and I I thought it was high time that we got to the bottom of this whole big problem which mm. is the US is the only industrialized nation that isn't on the metric
1: system, right? Fully On the metric system as a nation.
0: You did a great job with that, man. (laughs) That is absolutely true. Like, we're the only industrialized nation that doesn't have compulsory compulsory. metric system usage. It's voluntary, but it's still pretty widespread. And if you go back and look at our uh, law books, you know, the law of the land, you will find that the metric system is very much entrenched in the U.S. And so, all these people who say the U.S. isn't on the metric system, you're wrong largely.
1: Yeah, look at your ruler there in your little three-ring binder. Probably says centimeters and millimeters. That's metric.
0: Uh right. But that's if you're in the US. If you're if you're elsewhere outside of the US, they just have centimeters and millimeters.
1: Right. They don't throw the inch in there. No. The inch is so clean though. I love the inch.
0: It is clean and it is it represents this legacy from so long ago when, yeah. you know, people used the width of a human man's thumb yeah. as a, a measurement and that was an inch. And apparently there's some languages out there where inch and thumb are the same word. They're interchangeable.
1: Yeah, I wondered about if you know, obviously, uh, the article points out in the early days, like you said, they would use body parts. Yeah, like you know, w- what was the wasn't like a forearm, a palm, palm. Yeah, a foot is what you think it is. Yeah, like people that had smaller of these, did they get ripped off in transactions slightly? Like yeah. I got a small thumb. Like what are we going to do? Right? Or do you bring along your buddy? Do you hire the guy with the big thumbs? Be like you're working for me right. in transactions.
0: That's what they call the master blaster technique. <laughs> All That's right. where the heavy hitter came from. But yeah, so there's a certain kind of um, earthy colloquialism to the to the the U.S. customary system, which is what we use. Yeah, the inch, the foot, an acre. An acre, did you know, is the average amount of land that a human with a team of oxen could plow in a day that's, where, that's that. where we got the acre from that's cool it all makes sense at its root the problem is it's extraordinarily unscientific
1: um yeah true
0: which is what the meter is these the the, uh, the metric system is yeah. extremely scientific but it's got its roots um, fairly far back itself it goes back to
1: like 1670 should we get into this let's let's talk about this that all was a great robust intro you feeling good yeah. Okay. Good. Thanks. Man. All right. So, like we said, for many, many years, as man evolved into smaller societies into bigger and bigger ones, yeah, the thumb and the foot and the forearm and things like that was it's like it's getting a little little crazy to handle all this.
0: Right. Especially if you're using a forearm
1: over here, but this guy's
0: using a neck.
1: Yeah. And He's the, the neck. You, you both have swords. <laughs> so as we formed larger societies, we thought, you know what, it's getting really confusing. We got commerce going between various lands. Mm-hmm. We gotta like codify this. Right. Or do you say codify?
0: I say codify.
1: Oh, you do? Good. Um while well, we agree on a pronunciation <laughs> of <or> something. <laughs> so in France, uh things were just as confusing and by the time uh the French Revolution came around, they said, you know what, everything is all wackadoo. Charlemagne here has had a pretty good system in effect for a while. Let's just dive into this system that Paris uses.
0: Well, yeah. The problem is is, um, Paris's wasn't any more um, scientific than anybody else's. But it was Paris. It was. Um, And that was, I think, Louis XVI that ordered some people to start looking into how to standardize measurements because France had it worse than anybody, right?
1: Well, yeah, because they they thought it was a good idea, but he got more pushback than he thought from uh, the noble folk. And so, so said, much so
0: that they overthrew him. Yeah, and
1: he said, well, yeah, and he said, you know what, let's convene here the Estates General, which was supposedly a group of, uh, uh an assembly of cl- people from various classes mm-hmm. to be all represented. Right. And let's figure this out once and for all.
0: Right. Uh, and again, they overthrew the king, but <laughs> along the way, they also adopted a, a systemized standard of measurements, which is based on this, um, This stuff devised by a monk back in 1670. Matrik. Mouton.
1: Uh, Well, Matrik was the system.
0: Right, but Matrik comes from the Greek, which means um, to measure, right? That's right. Um, So Mouton came up with this idea that you should um, take, you should be able to create a standard unit of distance, of length, based on something that has to do with the earth. Just take it away from the humans. Humans come in all shapes and sizes. You need something that's going to be persistent. Yeah. And let's say, say a Consistent? degree persistent. Okay. Like not only is it always there, it's in your face.
1: too. Okay. Gotcha. Uh,
0: so <laughs> he was saying, let's let's use some sort of measure of a degree of longitude, right?
1: Yeah. Which makes sense because that would, had already been established.
0: Yeah. So he kind of put this forth. He also said, and by the way, you should you should make it based on a decimal system. Very smart. A um a 10, 10 base system, yeah. base ten system, um, which is very easy to divide and multiply by, and um, it's not so, arbitrary, right? And base it all around this length, like everything, like volume, mass, all this stuff. Make sure it's around this one length. Mm-hmm. And um, he went and died, but his ideas lived on. That's right. And so when the uh, the National Assembly. Uh, really started to look into this system of measurement, they found um, Mouton's ideas were alive and well and pretty practical.
1: Yeah, and they said, let's do this. Um, and then they said, all right, if we're going to do this, let's form a commission. Form the commission and said, let's base it on these three principles that were established by Mouton, who I don't think we said was a mathematician, obviously. He was a mathematician and astronomer. I think they all were monk. then, weren't they? Yeah. They kind of went hand in hand. Either that or they made beer. Yeah, exactly. Which meant they were also mathematicians and astronomers. Sure. Um, so they had the three basic principles. Uh, should be equal to a portion of the Earth's circumference. Okay. Which is, I get what they mean, but that would be any unit of length that's smaller than the Earth's circumference. Yeah. I get what they're saying, though. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like anything, you could just arbitrarily pick any length, and it, you could say it's based on the Earth's circumference.
0: You could, but what they were saying was it has to be a portion measured off of an already extant, like something yeah. we
1: already know. Right. Take a portion of it. It could have been 80 miles, though. Sure, it could have been. But that wouldn't have made sense. No. I digress. Number two, uh, volume of mass, like you said, would be derived from length. So everything's going to be related to each other, and you could figure it out mathematically. And... Um, Everything's got to be multiplied or divided by 10 if you want to get something smaller or larger. Right. A decimal system. Yeah. Um,
0: This is just brilliant, genius stuff for a guy in 1670 to be coming up with. Sure. And for it not to have been adopted right away. Um, But the French, when they really started looking at it, they figured out, okay, this is a pretty good system. We're going to go with this. Uh, And those two guys started measuring from um, Barcelona, Spain to Dunkirk in northern France. And they measured along this one line, and they came up with a quadrant of the circumference of the Earth. Basically the this uh, meridian that ran through Paris yeah. from the North Pole to the equator. Mm-hmm. So it's a quarter of the circumference of the Earth. And they figured out that a meter could conceivably be a one ten millionth of that quadrant. So it's one ten millionth of the meridian that runs through Paris as it goes from the North Pole to the equator. That's the fact of the show for me. That's a
1: meter. And also the fact of the show is that they decided how to do it and to call it a meter, and then they went, well, I guess we need to figure out how long this thing is. Right. (laughs) Like, I would have thought it would have been the other way around, but I guess it doesn't make sense. Like I said, it's arbitrary. Let's come up with a system and then say, all right, that base unit of measurement, how long should that be?
0: And it, it it also, it's pretty nationalistic, too. It's this meridian that runs through Paris. Sure. You know, so it's it, the metric system is an extremely French invention. That's right. Um, which is kind of one of the reasons you can go back and say that the U.S. doesn't have it. Um, it's also one of the reasons a lot of the world does have it, because after the French Revolution, um, Napoleon came to power, and Napoleon... Um, conquered a lot of lands, and he brought the metric system with him.
1: Yeah, I mean, at this point, it was, it was solid. I think it took five years for them to completely adopt it, or officially adopt it. And once you had the meter in place, you had everything else, because it was all based off the meter. Right. So they're humming along, and then, like you said, Napoleon says, I'm going to take the meter with me and conquer Europe, and now everyone, all of a sudden, is gaining traction, yeah. the meter. And so
0: across the pond in the U.S. at about the same time, right, the uh, you, the federal government was like, you know what, we, we need to, you can't have a country without a uniform system of measurements and weights and all that because of commerce. Sure. That's the basis of this whole thing. Oh, yeah. You like be able to trade. Right. If you're just a little hunter-gatherer band and you're getting your own food, you need virtually no measurements or weights or anything like that yeah if you start trading with another band you want it to be fair you suddenly need a system of measurements and weights and then as that trade increases more and more the need for that system of measurements and weights to be uniform around the world increases tremendously right agreed so the u.s assembles the colonies into states and says we need to have some sort of uniform system of measurements. So Thomas Jefferson was the first guy to pick that up, right? I mean, it's in the Constitution.
1: Yeah, previous to that, they, they obviously, because they were came from England, they used the British standard, right? Um, the British imperial system, which was pretty antiquated.
0: Yeah, but it still looks a lot like what we're using today. <laughs>
1: exactly. And like you said, they put it in the Constitution. What was it? Uh, Article 1, Section 8. And then T.J. said, you know what? I like this decimal system. I think it's a good idea, but that means we gotta send these dudes over to France and we gotta. Find out they got to bring out their meter stick and show it to us, yeah. And we got to bring one back with us, right? And uh, it's really expensive, so let's just keep what we got for now.
0: Yeah, and can we trust the French? Do we need to have our own surveyors go make the same measurement and make sure that this isn't somehow like French centric, Franco centric? You know? Yeah. Um, so he kind of backed off of the whole thing. There was also a big fear that, like, once Napoleon uh, died down, that there was going to be a. Um, Th- there was metric backlash, yeah, <laughs> that it would just kind of fall to the wayside. Yeah, so sure. Maybe
1: we should wait and see. Like, less they thought it, sort of like investing in Napoleon, right? You know, no, who wants to do that? Right, nobody, nobody.
0: Um, round about the same time, also, uh, the French had supported the U.S. during the um, Revolutionary War, and then after the Revolutionary War, the enemies, um, Great Britain and the United States, established a treaty called Jay's Treaty. In 1795, and basically it said, hey, let's, let's chill out a little bit. Let's see if we can get along. We're gonna (laughs) withdraw our troops from the Pacific Northwest, we the Brits. You Americans can start trading in the West Indies, and the French was like, what the heck?
1: I thought we were in bed together.
0: Yeah, so what's going on? So all of a sudden there's hostilities between the French and uh, the Americans, so much so that when the, um, French held this big metric extravaganza to, like, <laughs> debut it to the world. Yeah, it was pretty funny, I thought. Uh, what?
1: Just the you know, I mean, it was necessary, but it, it just, I could picture a convention center with, like, various styles of uh, meter sticks and... Right, yeah. <laughs> Here it is. Uh,
0: Ooh. The, but the U.S. didn't get an invitation. Yeah, they got snubbed. So let's, let's, let's point that out again. The U.S. didn't get an invitation when France... Was like the metric system works. We're going to introduce it to the rest of the world. Everybody come adopt this, except for you guys, because we're mad at you.
1: Yeah, so I guess the ultimate question that we're answering in a roundabout way over this whole podcast is why isn't the U.S. one of those countries? Yeah. Chalk this up as one of the early reasons. Yeah. Well, they didn't want us to, they didn't invite us. Yeah. They said, screw you guys. We'll go metric, and you do whatever you want with your little uh, ruler,
0: right? And the U.S. said we will, we will, guys. We're gonna by this time, I think 1821. John Quincy Adams ordered a survey um, of all of the uh, the states and all the the measurements and weights used in the states, and so they, he said, you know what? This is uniform enough. We're gonna stick with this. We're fine. Yeah, we don't need this Frenchy invention.
1: Paul Giamatti said no. Yeah, that was He, he was John Adams, right? Yeah. Okay. Um however, as we said, the metric system throughout the rest of the world, despite the fact that Napoleon went bye bye, the metric system caught on enough and it wasn't just tied to him. And the US was like, Man, Europe, you know, everyone has really gotten on this metric thing. We might have missed the boat a little bit. Right. Uh and is that a problem? So in eighteen sixty six, uh Andrew Johnson said, You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna sign into law that is lawful in the United States to employ the weights and measures of the metric system on all of our contracts and dealings and court proceedings, like the government standard. Right,
0: exactly. And he said, like if somebody uses the metric system in a contract with you, that's that's legal now. So right there, the U.S. just legally adopted the metric system. Yep. The big the big loophole was it's not compulsory right there. That's right. It's just if somebody wants to, it's legal. Right? That's right. Um, which is kind of funny because that added to this already cluster of the U.S. customary system. where there's like 300 different units. Yeah. A lot of stuff are the same. They have the same name. There's nine different kinds of tons. I know. Did you know that? Yeah. There's the short ton, which you never want to get your hands on if you're looking for a full ton. That's right. The displacement ton, the refrigeration ton, the nuclear ton, the registered ton. The metric ton, the assay ton, and the ton of coal equivalent, Chuck. That is a ton of tons. It is, um, but now the the metric system has just kind of poked its head in under U.S. law, and it's now entrenched.
1: It's made it's made its first foray into the U.S. That's right. Flash forward another nine or ten years. Yeah, 1875. Another special assembly in Paris. Yeah. Said, we're going to bring together uh, 17 nations, and you know what? U.S., get your butt over here. Yeah. Come on. They're like, all right, we'll come. Come on, you. Okay. Don't be mad. Will you pay our way? <laughs> they said no. Yeah. Uh So they went over and um, signed the Treaty of the Meter, <laughs> which is a real thing, set up the International Bureau of Weights and Measures uh, and a General Conference on Weights and Measures to consider and adopt changes over the years, and also said, you know what? If we're going to establish this meter... We need to set up a a lab where they keep all this stuff in their official form, in case I guess I guess like the seed vault, in case the world ever goes to pot. Yep. We got that meter stick in this in this closet here.
0: Right, and they actually did have a meter stick. It was the uh, international prototype meter. Right? Yeah, that's so funny. And it was a. Um, it was, you have to do it though. It yeah, it seems it's silly like to me, but yeah, is, this is the meter, and this is the one that all are measured from, and it's housed in this area, this um, this office in Sevres.
1: Yeah, I thought it was buried beneath a crypt in the catacombs of the uh, the Louvre. Is it? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh. um
0: because that seems like something the French would do with their, yeah, their the, original uh, meter. Yeah,
1: Tom Hanks would have found it though.
0: Um, oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, So they did have that. They had the meter. They also had the uh, international prototype kilometer. uh, Yeah. Kilogram. They had had a mile (laughs) on the the kilogram. Yeah. Um, And that's made of uh, iridium and platinum. It's kept in an airtight jar. And it is um, the kilogram. Everything else is measured off of. So they made copies of all these. And all the... um, all the countries that ratified the Treaty of the Meter got copies of their own, and the U.S. got their own in 1890. So the U.S. is going like metric crazy
1: now, especially because of this guy named uh, Mendel, right? Uh, T.C. Mendenhall. Mendenhall. He was the superintendent of weights and measures, and uh, the Mendenhall Order of 1893 said, "You know what? We're going to establish our fundamental standards for length and mass on this these metric units." We'll call it a yard, but a yard is, eventually, they settled on uh, 0.9144 meters. Right,
0: and a kilogram, or a pound, equals uh, 0.45359237 kilograms. So think about this. This is huge. T.C. Mendenhall changed everything with this Mendenhall order. Yeah. We still use the... The um, pound inch system, yep, the U.S. customary system, but it's defined by the metric system. Yeah, the SI system, right?
1: I don't think we mentioned that yet. Was well, we haven't. Got,
0: they haven't changed it over to that yet.
1: Oh, they haven't changed the name.
0: We're still on the metric system at this point.
1: <sighs> I just gave it spoiler alert.
0: But but think about that. That's that's huge. So it's kind of like all right, everybody's talking here, but if you if you go beneath the surface, just one more level, the U.S. is operating on the metric system. Yeah, that's how we define everything. 120 years. Yeah.
1: So screw you, rest of the world. We are on the metric system. We just call it miles and inches. Right.
0: So about this time, um, the, there's like this kind of metric fever that's sweeping the U.S. And then Hall dies, and it kind of dies with him. Metric and, fever might be overstating it. <laughs> no, there were there were pennants and T-shirts uh, were there. And oh yeah, all right. Um, no, actually, that didn't come until the 70s. Yeah. But before um, – so Mendenhall dies. Metric fever kind of dies out a little bit. And then um, part of that Treaty of the Meter, Chuck, was that uh, – there was a conference established, a conference on this metric system. Yeah. Where they would meet and like adopt changes and. Sit around and
1: measure things?
0: Yeah, it was, it's <laughs> cool because they they weren't like, this is a perfect system, it never needs to change. Right. They figured out ways to improve it over the years. And in 1960, a huge change came down, um, where they stopped tying and defining the metric measures of, uh, me- the metric units of measure. Yeah. To the original things like the that um, meridian right ten millionth. Um, Instead, they tied it to immutable laws of the universe that made it even more precise. Man,
1: yeah, and this was mainly done for because of science. Science demanded uh, a tighter and more refined system. Right,
0: exactly. Um, So now a meter is no longer defined as one ten millionth of the meridian that runs through Paris as it travels from the North Pole. To the equator, yeah. a meter is the distance traveled by light in a vacuum in one 1,299,792,458th of a second. That's
1: a meter. Right. Or they just say a meter is this thing, and they hold out the meter stick.
0: Well, they still have the kilogram. It's the mass of the international prototype kilogram. Right. still, that is still, it's the only one that's still tied to it. But like um, a second... It's another metric standard that we use here in the U.S. Uh-huh. If you didn't notice. It's so the time it takes an atom of uh, cesium-133 to vacillate uh, 9,192,631,770 times between two hyperfine levels of its ground state. That's pretty good. So basically what they did was this: the meter it became even more scientific. The metric system became so scientific that they stopped calling it the metric system. They called it the uh The SI, the international
1: uh, standard, right? Yeah. They could have gone the other way. They could have gotten less scientific. It would have been more fun, I think.
0: Well, that's kind of the thing. And I think that it's like, yes, it helps science tremendously. Yeah. But it also, it's going further away from that customary stuff that we use here, the thumb inch. Yeah. You know? Now it's cesium-133 atoms vacillating. And it, it, it... it's more scientific, and it's less human. It's just more precise.
1: Yeah, which but is good for everybody. It is.
0: They also added a lot of, um, in 1960, instead of um, just millimeters or uh, meters or kilometers, they also added a lot more like prefixes, like sure. nanometer. Yeah. There's now a picometer, which is a trillionth of a meter.
1: Is that the smallest? Yeah, so far.
0: Wow. Because a, a nanometer is a billionth of yeah. a meter.
1: Yeah. Jeez, yeah alright so are we back to the US yeah now? so
0: 1960 things changed that's that's the point of all this I'm sorry about that no that's the, great the point was is like the meters is kind of there hanging out and then bam they expand it and make it way more scientific it comes back like gangbusters
1: it does and it took about close to 50 years from the time Mendenhall died in 1924 to uh, 1971 when the US National Bureau of Standards uh, wrote a report called A Metric America mm-hmm. and Obviously, I was born in 71. I don't remember that. But I remember the following 10 years, which was the recommendation for the transition. He said, let's try and do this over the next decade. So I remember as a young child, the big push. It was a very big deal. It's always in the news. We're going metric. We're going metric. Uh, Congress enacted the Metric Conversion Act in 75, but said, you know what? This 10-year deadline should be voluntary. Again, still not compulsory. Right. Which is yet another reason why we didn't fully go metric. I guess they had their reasons, but they said, let's not make this a compulsory thing.
0: It smelled pretty Canadian, I think. (laughs) Did it? To Americans, and there a lot of people resisted. Right. Yeah.
1: So globalization increases. We're doing more and more business with more and more nations around the world. Uh, American companies found themselves, you know, maybe at a disadvantage or at least challenged to keep up. Because they're still converting things yeah. and trying to get their trade partners to convert, or at least we'll do the math for you, but know that when you're getting pounds, it's this much right. in kilograms.
0: I mean, you're, you're packaging products, say, in Arkansas that are being sold in Florida, but they're also being sold in- um, you Dunkirk. Know, right. And you need to have two different packaging. That's expensive and stupid.
1: Yeah. that makes you less competitive globally. That's true. So this Metric Conversion Act uh in 1988, uh, there were amendments passed saying, you know what, let's go ahead and call this the, the preferred system of weights and measurements for trade and commerce. So we inched a little further along. A little inched further along or millimetered further along? Inched. Okay. Uh, and then the they said the federal agencies are going to have to use this system for procurements, for grants, for business. By the end of 1992, right. it's going to be our government standard.
0: But that loophole was still there yep. if you were not a government agency it was up to your discretion whether you wanted to go metric or not
1: yep if you're a private business it's up to you you can still ship by the pound if you want
0: right so uh that that whole thing came into effect by 1992 and the US government was officially metric right yes um some of the some industries in the US took the opportunity to go metric too like the pharmaceutical industry went yeah. hard metric, which means Dirty. it went all metric. Yeah, um, Say like the um, beverage industry went soft metric. Sad. Which is why you can see um, fluid ounces and milliliters yeah. right next to one another living in harmony yep. on your uh, can of soda.
1: That's right. Uh, tools are metric. Uh, bicycles. Tools are metric and standard, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Very good point. Uh, film. Remember that stuff? Yeah, film was metric. Yeah, I hate saying was. It's it still exists. Thirty
0: five millimeter, mm-hmm. seventy millimeter,
1: eight millimeter. Oh yeah, Super sixteen. My favorite.
0: Sixteen millimeter.
1: Uh, <laughs> and now, of course, it's all just on a digital card, SD card.
0: Right, an inch there's long no SD link.
1: card. <laughs> that was funny when we uh, sidebar here when we were shooting our TV show. There's a tradition. Mm-hmm. In which, when you shoot your uh, hundredth. hundredth roll of film, mm-hmm. you pop some champagne on set, mm-hmm. and we did that. And I was like, "How do you know?" Yeah, we're not shooting rolls of film. Apparently, there's some conversion that camera guys know that this is the equivalent of our hundredth roll of film.
0: So, uh, Lance, the uh, the camera uh, operator, yeah. yes, okay, um, extraordinaire, extraordinaire. He uh, he was explaining all this to me, but I didn't realize that he was saying like this isn't a metaphorical. Champagne thing, right? Like, there's champagne in the other room, and go get right. some. Josh I was like, "Oh, thanks for explaining," and like walked away. And then I see like everybody else kind of buzzed, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I didn't get any champagne. <laughs> you didn't, didn't this whole product? No, I had no idea. I thought it was Metaphorical. I I went off to my dressing room.
1: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's like we were all standing around drinking.
0: I champagne. had no idea.
1: I bet Lance was sweet about it. He was, but at the it's same the time, I was like, why
0: is Lance looking at me weird while I'm walking away?
1: <laughs> all right, so as of now, some people estimate about 30% of uh, American manufactured products uh, and companies have gone metric. Not too bad, but the public at large has still uh, pushed back for a few reasons, cost being one of them. Yeah. It's expensive to uh, to change all these documents and change your company. Over to metric, I think NASA said it would cost $370 million to change all of our drawings and tens of thousands, I'm sorry, thousands of man-hours. Just for the
0: space shuttle. Yeah. And man, am I glad they didn't go to the trouble (laughs) of doing that.
1: Seriously, what a waste. Uh, So money is one thing. You can't just jump to the metric system overnight.
0: But you can also make a case, if I may interrupt, Chuck, that um, money can also be saved Using NASA as an example also, um, in uh, 1999, uh-huh. NASA lost its Mars Climate Orbiter because the um, attitude control system yep. was on our imperial system, our U.S. customary system, right? Mm-hmm. It, inches, that kind of thing. But the navigation system guiding the thing... Was on the metric system, or the SI system. That's where you get screwed. And there was a discrepancy, and it flew too close to the planet, overheated, and is now just $125 million space junk.
1: Wow. They couldn't figure that out? They thought they had, probably.
0: I guess, or else they
1: just didn't think of it, or... Uh, I bet they thought of it. Uh, It was probably an error. Yeah. Uh, And uh, the the author of this article points out that... uh, stubbornness and individualism is another reason Americans have it, especially if it's the French that are push, pushing it on us. Right exactly. I don't know about that.
0: Um a while I don't know how it first came up I, whenever we talked about the metric system but years ago one um somebody listens to us named uh, Amy Wang sent in her uh, dis- her graduate thesis mm-hmm. For design school, and it's called a Metrica. Do you remember that? I do remember that. So um, I looked it up again, and apparently it was this whole thing of like basically putting metric things into normal everyday things into metric terms. So like huh. your your coffee mug, would say this has this many milliliters in it, or a um, taxi cab. You know the little signs they have on on the roof. Yeah, uh, I saw one where it's driving, and it shows how fast it's going in kilometers per hour. So what are these like Any bystanders? little
1: things to just slowly convert people to the idea? Yeah. And is this something that there's a thesis on, like, this is a proposal that we should try and do? I think of so.
0: Yeah, something like that. I don't, that makes I don't know if it's going anywhere.
1: But I, I think there's some validity to that as far as Americans go. You would have to – we don't like things being pushed on us, which is probably why they always made it up to you. Uh, yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Either that or business interests were, like, just take away that compulsory part.
1: And then just kind of sneak it in little by little over the years although is it a big deal anymore
0: yeah I think ultimately like we can kiss the uh, US customary system goodbye you think I think so sure I mean like it's it's that whole globalization thing yeah and if the business interests were the ones holding it back before then they're going to be the ones driving it now they're like let's just go to metric it's going to make everything way better
1: did you ever see the deal with Myanmar and Liberia Why, why they're the other two
0: No, Liberia, I imagine, would be because it was originally a U.S. colony. That's
1: what I was about to say because of
0: us. I don't know about Myanmar at all. I have no idea why they wouldn't be.
1: Malamars? Right. Delicious.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Let's see. You got anything else? I got nothing else. So the answer is, check, the U.S. is pretty much on the metric system. Yeah. Just not
1: 100%. That's right. We got a lot of it. A lot of it. Okay. If you start looking around for things that have meters and milliliters and liters, you're going to see a lot of it here. Right. Just open your eyes, man. That's right.
0: Uh, if you want to know more about um, the metric system, we got a couple of things on the website about it. Pretty interesting stuff. Just type metric system into the handy search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And uh, I said handy search bar, which means it's time for listener mail. Josh, I'm going to call this. Uh,
1: you inspired someone to do something different in their life. Oh, okay. uh, good. Hey, guys. Thought I'd never be writing in, but I thought you should know this. I've been listening for a while. Love your podcast. Listen to them while I do my homework to make it a little less tedious. So I live in Anchorage, Alaska and go to high school there. Recently, I've been introduced to a certain program called Rotary. Uh, this program, among other things, sends and receives students looking to study abroad. I would just like to say that you guys have really inspired me to participate in this program the next academic year. Uh, I was always so consumed with trying to be normal, even though I never really was. Such a common experience, I know. Uh, <laughs> but since I have started listening to your guys' podcast, I have come to realize how much I don't know and have to learn. Uh, I've had quite a time watching and listening to people who are smart, cultured, and eloquent, like John Stewart, for example, who I love, uh, and you, and I do too. I was going to say, was that you saying that? That was her. But it's us. Okay, right? Do of course, you. you like John Stewart. Sure. Okay. I didn't want to speak for you. Uh, you guys share the same qualities. Wow, how about that? We share qualities with John Stewart. I don't buy that. You don't. All right. I love the idea of becoming <laughs> a better person purely through the appreciation of knowledge. I'm hoping that my trip next year will be an eye opener, since I live in such a cut off environment up here in Alaska. Not that I'm complaining. I also hope it will prepare me for going into the Peace Corps uh, as a civil engineer. Man, that's awesome. I probably would not have uh, had the courage to sign up for this stuff myself and deliver abroad for a whole year if it wasn't for you guys and your podcasts. I won't know where I'm going until December or which language I'll have to learn. Uh, some of the options are places like Brazil, Denmark, Finland, Germany, Russia, cool. South Africa, Thailand, or Turkey. Those are all great. Except yeah. Turkey. <laughs> You're not a Turkey fan? I'm just kidding. Parts of Turkey are beautiful. Uh, I'm really glad that I am pushing myself. We had that Turkish guy that wrote in, remember? Yeah. After we bagged on Turkey and he sent the pictures. like, what do you think of this? Yeah. Look at these topless beaches.
0: Didn't he win something? (laughs) Didn't he win uh, that is all? Oh, maybe so. Did we ever send that to him?
1: I can't remember. Yes, we did, is the answer. Okay. Uh, I'm really glad that I'm pushing (laughs) myself out of my comfort zone. (laughs) Enough to do this, guys. I'm so excited. Thank you very much. Maybe I'll send you a postcard while I'm there. And that is from Sydney.
0: That is fantastic, Sydney. We take full credit for uh, pushing you to do this so long as you have a triumphant and successful return. That's right. If anything happens to you, (laughs) we've never heard of you. Um, But uh, congratulations on that. That's pretty awesome and huge, and thanks for writing in and letting us know
1: that. Um, Let's see. What do you got? Uh, I don't know. What, What are some other things that America's been stubborn about?
0: Oh, that's a good one, Chuck. Man, that's a good one. Uh, Examples of American stubbornness. We want to hear them. You can uh, tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash And you can send us a good old-fashioned email to StuffPodcast at Discovery.com.
2: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Discover a career that matters at the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Be part of an innovative team delivering world-class health care and benefits to America's veterans. Enjoy robust benefits, work-life balance, and career development opportunities. Join a diverse and inclusive community that values your unique background and skills, a community where nearly one in three of your colleagues are veterans themselves. Apply now at vacareers.va.gov.